excited. I'm excited. Second year anniversary, praise the Lord. Hey, thank you, brother. You know, last year, I didn't get a chance to, to come for the anniversary service, but when I was here and able to preach, you know, I mentioned that there are a lot of churches that started a year ago when we had a one-year anniversary that didn't able, weren't able to celebrate that one year. And here it is now, two years. It just seems like yesterday. Yeah. And we're able to celebrate our second year. So I want to thank God for that. Um, we, we are family. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so proud of Tiffany and Marshall and just their heart. Like he said, you know, from the beginning, I was there seeing how God was moving in this relationship, preparing him for Reignite. And God's just getting started. Souls are being saved. Marriages are being restored. Lives are being changed. Communities are being reached. What a blessing to the kingdom. All right, next slide. Let's open up. A week ago, I was meeting with a pastor friend of mine, and he was talking to me about a mission trip that just came back from in Cuba. Just happened, I was preaching this message, and he was showing me some of the pictures from the trip. And this is one of them. And I want you to know what's happening here. There was a church that a few missionaries went to visit, and one of the purposes of the mission trip was actually to build a fellowship hall. And what you're seeing here is them in the process of doing that. Look around at the tools that are being used. First, I want you to focus on the number of people. Not because people are off to the side and just didn't get in the picture. That's the number of people that were on this mission trip. And look at the tools. If you could see them. A shovel, just like you would use here in your garden. And a pickaxe. And if you look at it, you can't really see it from here, but the pickaxe looks like it's been used. <laughs> the pick looks worn down, and if you look at the, the stick, it looks a lot shorter than what you would expect. And look at what they're breaking up. They're breaking up concrete with a shovel and a pickaxe. Was this a successful mission trip? There were some people that were there as they were doing it that didn't feel that way. Next slide. So now we see halfway through the project what's there. And I want you to know that what they're digging is actually the pillars for the building. This is the foundation. And the holes that they're digging, I want you to imagine this, are six feet deep, each hole. You saw how many people were there and the tools they were using. There was no jackhammer. There was no backhoe. They've got nine more holes just like that to dig before they can even start building what it is one day you'll see. Was it a successful mission trip? He told me, he said, I've never worked this hard my entire life. But there were some people that were there and even at the end of it walked away feeling like they hadn't done enough because all they had was the foundation. But the engineers that were there understood that it was the foundation that was the most important part of the building. Because in the background, you see the cedar blocks. So after they dig the holes, they actually put rebar in the holes. And then they slide those cinder blocks over the top of the rebar. 
And that's something that any of them could do at any time. But it was digging the foundation that was the most important piece. So the missionaries that were there didn't recognize that what they were doing was the most critical part of it. So was this a successful mission trip? Absolutely, because the most important piece is something after the building is erected that most people won't even see. I talked to my wife and I said, you know, when we went looking for houses, I can't say the first thing on my mind when I walked up to the house was, I need to look at the foundation. (laughs) But as I prepared for this message, I started to think about, man, let me go back home (laughs) and and check to make sure my foundation is solid. The danger is that when this foundation is not laid properly, everything else that goes up around it is in vain. What kind of church does Reignite want to be? A church that looks like Christ or a church that is like Christ. All Christians need to understand that the expectation of Christ is not only that we would hear his word, but that we would do his word. God desires that we're not a church ready for the world, built on sand, but that we're one that's prepared for eternity, built on the rock. Today we're going to look at two builders, two pastors that are building a house, that are building a church, that on the surface looks the same, but underneath are very, very different. And it's that difference underneath that tells the whole story. Turn to Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. You got to say amen. All right. It reads, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, this is Jesus here, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. I want to preach today from the subject, our pastor's heart. I'm going to use this parable to sort of structure our pastor's heart. And when I speak of the pastor, I'm I'm speaking about the leading lady, because these two are one flesh. They're walking in agreement. And and the pastor described his wife to me one time as as his engine. And I don't know about you, but you think of a car without an engine, it's not going to get very far. So I want you to know when I'm speaking about him, I'm speaking about her, our pastor's heart. I'm going to give you a little background so we understand where this is coming from. In this passage today, Jesus is closing the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Starting in chapter 5 and concluding in this parable, which a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The parable is strategically placed, closing with the foolish man whose house fell and great was the fall of it. As I was reading this and preparing this message, I said, no, I want to close with some good news. We need to reverse the order of this message. Let me start with the fool and finish with the wise man. But guess what? Everything that the Lord did in, in inspiration is set up for a reason. There's a reason why he wanted to close with the foolish man. Not only are the words inspired, but the order is inspired. And great was the fall of it. 
This is to illustrate the benefits for us of hearing God's word and actually putting it into practice. I would encourage you to read the full sermon to maximize the impact of this closing illustration. I want us to look this morning at two different pastors who are building a house of worship. This is an anniversary service, so it's not just two men building a house. It's two men building a house of worship. And this represents our lives. This house in this parable represents our individual lives. What are you building your lives on? The question becomes, are you ready to build? These two pastors seem to start out with the same desire to build a house. Similar materials and even are in the same neighborhood, but there's some things that are very different about the two. One of these pastors is wise and the other is foolish. One built his house on the rock and the other one built his house on the sand. What makes this wise pastor wise? It's my first point. It's very simple. He hears and obeys. That's the first point. What made this pastor wise was that he hears and he actually obeys what he heard. In verse 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What is he hearing and responding to? He heard the greatest sermon by the greatest preacher, and he's actually applying what he heard to his life. This pastor is about building a church where people actually apply what they're learning to their lives. What is wisdom? Because wisdom can only come from God. You can't find wisdom from a book, unless it's the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> but academic knowledge is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about wisdom that can only come from God. He's the author and the source of wisdom. Wisdom goes beyond intellect. Intellect stops in the natural, but wisdom goes to the spiritual. The Greek word phronimos is what they use. It's translated wisdom in the Bible, and it literally means somebody who's sensible, somebody who's prudent, somebody who's intelligent. But one definition really stood out to me. It says, mindful of one interest is another way that word can be translated. Mindful of one entrance. What is that one entrance? Christ is a single focus, and doing his will is my interest. Having wisdom does not mean that you're perfect. I don't want anybody to think that just because you're a wise pastor means you're perfect or that you don't make mistakes. <laughs> but what it does mean is that you allow the truth to guide every aspect of your life. John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commands and obeys them is one who loves me. Is Jesus saying that if you love him, you'll obey him? So what does that mean if you don't obey him? Does that mean that you don't Love him? Our pastor's heart. I'm going to talk a little bit about his journey because I'm trying to share his heart with you today. And I'm going to go back to the beginning quickly and I'm going to move along. I want you to follow me. He heard God's voice even from a child. He heard God move him to recognize a van driving through the neighborhood. He heard he was a sinner in need of a savior. He heard the Navy was an amazing opportunity that could change his life. Yeah. Yeah. On leave in the depth of his soul, he heard God say that Tiffany would be his wife. Yeah. He heard God call him to the gospel ministry. He heard that he needed to retire and go into ministry full time. Mm. Wow. 
when his Navy career couldn't have been going better. He heard that he needed to retire and go into ministry full time. His Navy career was going great. And then he heard God call him to plant Reignite through other church leaders. But what good is hearing all that without acting on it? Notice I said he heard all those things. But what good would it have been if he had just heard it and done nothing with it? Things started to happen when the pastor heard God's voice and he started talking back. He got in the church van. It was coming through the neighborhood, but guess what? He, he got in it. He accepted Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. He went to the recruiting office and he joined the Navy. He submitted his retirement paperwork. He surrendered to the call of ministry full time. Things started to happen when he agreed and went through the arduous process. It wasn't easy. It was an arduous process to plant this church. Luke chapter 11, verse 27 says, blessed is the woman who gave birth to you and nursed you. And then in verse 28, but Jesus said, no, rather to the contrary, blessed are those who hear the teaching, who hear my word and obey it, practice it, keep it. The context of this message is that they were saying Jesus had cast a demon out of a mute. And when that demon was cast out, the mute started to speak. And there was a woman in the crowd who shouted out, blessed is the woman who gave birth to you and nurtured you. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Blessed is those who hear my word and, and put it into practice. The blessing is not just having a child, but it's what the child does after birth. Okay, she had me, I show up, but guess what? What if I don't go to Calvary? What if I don't rise again? So yeah, having me was great, nurturing me was great, but the blessing is those that hear my words and put it into practice. That what I died and rose again to do is actually happening, happening in the lives of the people that say they've accepted me. A wise builder understands that faith without works is dead. James chapter 2, verse 17, so too faith it does not have works to back it up. It itself is dead, inoperative, ineffective, worthless. So when I accept Christ as Savior, there's something in me that compels me to want to do something for him. Our pastor's heart. Our pastor's heart. A wise pastor understands that building a church that lasts is going to take time. That's right. It's going to take time. It doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take hard work, and he cannot do it alone. He needs each and every one of us. In Matthew 9, 37, he said to his disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We don't need people to just say they know Christ. We need people that are going to actually work for him. We need laborers. See, he's willing to work and break up that hard, stony ground. The ideal places in the Holy Land to build structures that last requires you to break up the ground and, and, and level it. You have hills and valleys that have to be navigated. That's part of it. Luke chapter 6, verse 48 is this particular closing parable in the Gospel of Luke. And it says that he is like a man building a house who dug down deep. Gives us some details that in Matthew we don't have. That dug down deep. We talked about the work and labor that goes through digging down deep for those pillars that are going to be the, the foundation of your life, the foundation of your church, the foundation of your marriage. Our pastor here is one that challenges us to go deeper. 
deeper in the word, deeper in our walk with God. Why? Because something is coming that you can't see yet. He's preparing us for something that you can't see yet. Reignite is being built on the rock. It's being built on the word. It's being built on scripture. It's being built on the truth. It's the anchor that's sure and steadfast that we're building this church on. Sunday service attendance, sharing your faith, inviting people to church, giving a portion of what God has blessed you with to support the work in the community, serving in a ministry, attending regroups, setting up before service and tearing down after service, participating in outreach. All these are opportunities. I said opportunities to show that you're not just hearing, but you're putting it into practice. This is the type of house that our pastor desires to build. Matthew 13, 16 says, But blessed, spiritually aware and favored of God are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Apart from a relationship with Christ, you can't see or hear. You may have natural sight and natural hearing, but apart from him, you don't have nothing to build on. The blind man showing the way. But now there's a shift. We see the wise pastor and what he's trying to do. But there's also another pastor that's building a house at the same time. In verse 26, he too was sitting in the same church, listening to the same preacher, Christ. But he's not called wise, he's called a fool. You're in one of two camps, the only two options. Either wise or foolish. I know people don't like the way that sounds. Hey, in a church calling somebody foolish. Guess what? This is God here. And there's a reason why he's saying what he's saying, because he doesn't want you to stay foolish. Wisdom is available. (laughs) All you got to do is receive it. So my second point, the wise pastor, he hears and he obeys. My second point is he hears, but he does not obey. That's what makes him a fool. His house looks like Reignite Church. They gather on Sunday. They sing together. They listen to the Bible being preached. They have small groups, a first touch table. They do outreach at Sweet Frog and Chick-fil-A. They sponsor a school. They even have a chili cook-off. But this pastor, this foolish pastor, he's in a hurry. And he doesn't want to take the time to prepare the land to be build-worthy. We want everything God has for us, but are we willing to take the time to build on a solid foundation? Don't get too far ahead of God. You'll end up with a structure with no foundation. He may not come when you want him, the old preacher would say, but he's always right on time. That's right. This is God. He's faithful. He knows what you need. Yes. You move at his pace. But are you willing to put in the work? Saying, yeah, everything you want, I've already made available, but are you willing to put in the work? Eternal life is the greatest reward mm-hmm. for anybody that's put their hope and faith in, life, in, in Christ. So I'm not talking about material things. Yeah. I'm talking about the things that last even after this life is over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This is a church that people are confused by. This foolish church, they're confused by it. Um, I'm hearing this looks, even sounds, like Christ, but it's not like Christ. Mm -hmm. This is the reason why folks say, I don't want anything to do with the church, because they're seeing a lot of the things that look like Christ and sound like Christ, but when they show up, it is not like Christ. There are people that grew up in the church and now have turned away from the church because they go back to the church and they realize it still looks and sounds like Christ, but guess what? It is not Christ. That love that Christ demonstrated, I'm not seeing in the people that say they represent him. What kind of foundation is is this church on? 
Matthew 13, 30 says, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. See, the wheat and the tares grow together. The believers and unbelievers grow together. The wise and the foolish grow together. You can't really always tell them apart, but at the same time, he says in the end that the weeds, the unbelievers, the foolish will be bundled and, and, and burned. So at some point, we know the difference. At some point. This foolish pastor, see, he's in a hurry, and he ignores what he's building on. He's so excited about something to build that he doesn't recognize that he's building on sand. I thought about this even when we had our baptism service last year, and me and my wife were standing out on the sand. And I remember we weren't even moving. We were just standing there, and I was shifting. (laughs) I I wasn't even moving yet, and I was already shifting. But yet this foolish man is so blinded that he's not even paying attention to what he's building on. He's just excited about something to build. He's, he's excited about building a church, but we're not just building a church on anything because I want it to be able to last. We're building a church on a solid foundation, on the rock, on the truth. Let God worry about the people. God's always faithful in doing his part. Yeah, we just got to do ours. This pastor finishes in record time. He's a fool, though. But he finished in record time, and he, he has a fully functional church. And while the wise pastor is still, yeah, it doesn't look like he's making any progress at all. Yeah, the hole is getting deeper, but I'm still not seeing nothing that people can worship in. But, but our pastor is still digging deeper. The other pastor's done. He's already got his new building blessing ceremony done. He cut his ribbon. Got three or four church services running every week. He's up and running. But our pastor is still meticulously taking his time, concerned about every detail so when the church is built, it's going to be able to last. I said our pastor's heart. Our pastor's heart. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 says, By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. What did I say wisdom comes from? Right. This imposter reignite. Yeah, remember I said it looks like reignite. Um, has put his hope and confidence in a building. Yeah, we're excited about looking for a new building. We are. But we're just not looking for any building. What, what, what kind of foundation are the people going into the building on? Job 8.14 is a verse that you don't hear very much, but it's such a profound verse of the danger of living a life without God, forgetting God. This is what it's like. I want you to get a sense of what foolish looks like in the wisdom literature. Job 8.14 says, what the fool trusts in is fragile. What he relies on is a spider web. Listen to this. He leans on his web, but it gives way and he clings to it, but it does not hold. You're talking about definition of somebody that's foolish. You're trying to lean on a spider web, expecting it to hold you up. We bring little Stella and lean her against a spider web, it's going down. You're trying to cling and hold on to build a life on a spider web, you're clinging to it. The enemy convinces you it'll hold you up, that it'll stand, but if you didn't know anything about spider webs, you may think it'll work, but anybody that knows about it, 
leaning against a spider web, expecting it to support you. But sometime later, the good news is the wise pastor eventually finishes building the church. Keep in mind that, that churches in the Holy Land are heavy in rainstorms, destructive flooding, and strong winds. Those are relatively common in the Holy Land. This storm in the parable represents God's judgment. I know nobody wants to talk about that, but it's the reality that's in the Word. There's a point of time where everybody's going to have to give an account to God for the life they lived. And that's what this is talking about, this judgment, this parable is speaking to that. That's the reason why he closed. And great was the fall of it. I'm, I'm warning you, don't build your house on any other foundation but Christ Jesus. The believers and the unbelievers, the wise builder and the foolish builder, the churches looked the same until a storm came. That's the difference. I remember I was listening to an old preacher talk about this, and he gave me some behind the scenes that Jesus didn't put in the parable. He said some behind the scenes, and he said what happened was the day that the wise builder finished building, churches up and running across the way, he said nighttime came, but all of a sudden a storm came in. And as the storm was coming in, they were both asleep, the wise man and his husband and his wife. And as the storm came, the wife woke up. She was so afraid by the, the rain and, and the flooding and the, and the winds blowing up against the house that she went to the window and she called her husband and she said, Honey, look, wake up. The house across the way is tumbling over. The church across the way is tumbling over. See, she was mocking her own husband as it was being built. But at the end of it, she realized our house is still here because I'm talking to you watching the other house come down, watching the other house fall. And she hollered back to her husband, and he rolled over just so casually. I think he was at peace. And he, he mumbled something that she could hardly understand, and then rolled back over and went to sleep. That's the peace of God that comes with knowing you've built your life on a solid foundation. You don't have to worry about what tomorrow's going to bring, because you know who holds tomorrow. This parable tells us the pastor that built his house on the sand, who built his church on the sand, it fell with a great crash. Luke 6.49 says that it collapsed and its destruction was complete. All the hard work and effort he put into building it was wasted. I want you to hear me here if you don't hear anything else. Nobody wants to get to the end of their life and look back and ask themselves, was my life wasted? Did I live the life that Christ wanted me to live? Nobody wants to look back long after the fanfare is over and say it was reignited built on a rock or sand. That's what we're preparing for now. This church was built on a rock. I said it's built on a rock. As I close, I passed as hard as a heart that digs deep and is continuing to build, reignite on the rock. Christ needs each and every one of us to call him our God and to not just hear his words, but to actually put it into practice. When Christ comes back, we want him to find reignite standing because it was built on him. The pastor would say, I don't want it built on me. I love the Lord and I'm sincere in following him, but guess what? I'm falling. I'm a, a redeemed sinner. I, I need a perfect foundation to build on. I don't need to build it on my wife. I love her. She's my helpmate. My crown. But we're not building it on her. Because I want the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to be the foundation we build on. Right. So I'm encouraged to know I'm a part of something 
that's not being built on sand, but that's being built on a rock. I'm just going to challenge you. I'm just going to challenge you. Support this church because God is in it. In spite of the way at times you may feel, God is working. We don't always see what it is he's doing in hearts and minds. We don't know what God is already doing in the communities. If he didn't tell you about the homeless families that were being blessed, you wouldn't know that they were being blessed, but that doesn't change the fact that they were. We thank God for his word. All right, I want to do something real quickly. I want to present something to, to our pastor and a leading lady. Just symbolic of this event. Um, like I said, two years, the time seems like it went by so fast. Um, but even as he was praying about the insignia this church would use and the mission statement and just what the focus would be, you know, it was always about the flame, reigniting the nuns and the duns, ministering to the world, symbolic of the Holy Spirit and just what it does in us and through us. And I wanted them to have something to remind them of 2019 and what it's been. I believe God has shown him that there's going to be a shift in this year. That's the reason why he's led to step forward and to start pursuing this building because God is saying things are getting ready to change. There's clarity that's coming that he's rolling out slowly because we're still in the process of laying that foundation. So I want them to have something that they can look at that would remind them of not only where God's brought them from, but where he's taking them. Come on up, brother. Come on up, Tiff. It says, Reignite Church 2019. The Lord's will. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's the prayer in 2019 yes. that the Lord laid on the pastor's heart Jesus. to take us to the next level. Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, you're about, you about to see some tears. Look at this. I'll let him close the service out.